0: Hey everyone, welcome to Schoolhouse where we believe every parent has what it takes to help their child learn. We're here to give you practical tips and encouragement so you can be a confident learning coach. This is the space where school and house meet. I'm your co-host, Mary Stackhouse, and I'm joined by our host, Dr. Erica Carr, and we have an exciting episode in store for you today. We're talking to two of our parent friends to find out how parents can ensure their kids have social outlets when learning remotely or social distancing.
1: Yes, Mary, I'm excited to share words of wisdom from these two parents with our listeners today. Yes, definitely. Our guest, Tara Ali, is an instructor at University of West Florida. She's also finishing up her doctorate at North Central University. Tara is a former colleague in our Teacher Ready program and the mother of an adorable daughter. And our guest, Annie Niles, is a colleague of ours. She is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to raising kids. With two children of her own, she also has a master's degree in child development. And what I love about having Tara and Annie both on with us today is that their children are different ages and they have varying school experiences. So Tara's daughter is attending school face-to-face, while Annie's children are learning remotely this
0: semester. They have some excellent tips to share with us. Yes, this is going to be a great discussion. All right, parents, you are in for a treat. Let's jump in.
1: Welcome, Annie. We're glad to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, so school looks a lot different for many families this year. Some students are learning from home while others are back to classrooms with increased safety measures. And for those students who are learning virtually or remotely in particular, parents are concerned about their children missing out on the social aspect of school. So why do you think this is so top of mind for parents?
2: Yeah, I think many parents have become their child's main social outlet and source of interaction and it can be exhausting. Parents know that social development is a key part of school for our children. Where they not only learn academically, but also practice valuable skills like making friends, taking turns, negotiating. And I think as kids get older, friendships become more and more important. And I know, speaking for my own. Situation that I don't want my kids to miss out on those experiences or to feel left out.
1: That makes sense. Do you feel like there's been an instance where they've missed out at at all in the past spring and
2: summer? I think especially with sports being canceled in the Mm. spring, I know for my son, who is very active, and I know he missed out on not only the sports playing, but the friendships that he would make. During the sports season.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the spring and summer, so what were some other experiences that you had uh, from last spring over the summer as far as helping your children find social outlets? Like what kinds of social outlets did you use?
2: Well, in the spring, I think we really struggled to know what felt right for our family as far as social interactions, just because there were so many unknowns. And we ended up seeing one family repeatedly, which we called our pod, Mm -hmm. and I know that's become a term that has been used yes. frequently, um, but we really limited, limited to that. And when summer came, we did decide to let the kids play tennis once a week with one other family and occasionally let them ride bikes with the neighbors or play outside, but nothing really indoors. Um, we also felt comfortable with the level of outdoor contact if we'd run into people at the beach, if we saw friends there. And I know the kids really enjoyed spending that time with friends and we were happy to be able to provide that opportunity so really for you, it was all about
1: your knowledge of the family and their situation, and I'm, I'm assuming how they distanced or chose not to distance that helped you make those decisions?
2: Yeah, totally. That was a huge determination of whether or not we were going to spend time with a family that was like-minded with our concerns and or shared the same concerns
3: as, the, as we did.
1: So Tara, what about you? What are your experiences with finding social outlets while maintaining social distance?
3: I would say in the spring, when schools first switched to remote learning, this was definitely something that I, like other parents, struggled with. My four-year-old daughter went through a period of confusion at first, wondering why she could not go to school, wanting to see her teachers, wanting to engage with her classmates in person rather than on Zoom or in the remote classroom. After about one month of the remote learning, that confusion turned into frustration. Um, that consisted of lots of crying and just a longing to be around other children her age. Um, at that point, we were in quarantine, only seeing our closest family members, you know, u- utilizing delivery options for going into stores instead of actually going into stores.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But. It's, you know, it's hard to see your child upset and unhappy. So at that point, I had to make a decision as to how to address the situation. So what I did was I contacted a few family members and friends who I knew had children around my daughter's age and who were also following the CDC guidelines for COVID-19. After doing that, we had playdates a few times a week and fortunately, no issues.
1: So what you described sounded to me like the stages of grief. Is that something that you thought about or is that what came to mind even as you were going through it?
3: Yeah, definitely. Yes, it was definitely grief that she was going through. It was very interesting to see, you know, um, at such a young age, her going through that understanding or at first trying to understand what was going on and then reacting the way that she did.
1: Okay, Annie, so your children are learning remotely this semester. What are some things you're doing or planning to do to give them opportunities to be with friends during this time?
2: So we also let the kids play Minecraft with friends, which I don't really understand everything that that entails, but it's a game that they play on their iPad and their friends also play, and they can sign in at the same time and, like, share worlds. So that's been a way that they've been engaging with their friends from a distance and like they can talk to each other while they're playing and see the same screen great yeah, yeah so that's one way and also we would facetime with um, grandparents and they would play board games with them they played sorry and monopoly You played board games on FaceTime? (laughs) Actually, what was great about it was I didn't even need to. I was working, but they would play. We'd set them up with FaceTime and they would play board games. Grandparents
1: for the win. I
2: know, right? And they also would bake. They baked cookies and brownies with my mom a couple of times.
1: Okay, that's the power of technology right there for (laughs) some social interaction. Okay, so what are some other tips that you're either learning on your own or maybe from other parents who are succeeding in this area of um, trying to help their kids socialize while also distancing or even remote learning?
2: Yeah, I think one lesson that has really worked for us is to meet up with people outside. I think that most people have felt comfortable doing that and Mm -hmm. keeping some distance or just having the fresh air um, to make you feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. And I know that I've been walking with a friend for months, and it's really helped to just vent or share frustrations, even if there hasn't been a good solution. I think it's extremely important for parents to take care of themselves too. I think if if you'll remember the the oxygen mask to put on yourself first yes. before you can help others.
1: Oh, that's so good. So it's not just about the kids needing socialization; it's also the adults and some some uh, sanity there, right? <laughs> yes, for
2: sure. And just like I mentioned earlier, the pod technique, has think, has been used by lots of families so that they can get some interaction with others. Even if it's not a ton of different people, at least it gives some friendships, opportunities for kids and parents alike.
1: Love it. And that's great because that's, you know, we're talking about a pod here for social interaction, not necessarily for schooling. So your kids are still getting their their school primarily through the district um, school, but the pod, then that experience for the social interaction makes a lot of sense for those who don't necessarily want their children to be homeschooled or completely virtual. Um, that, that is a really good tip for our parents to hear. Tara, what about you? What are some other tips you have learned that you can share with our listeners who want to make sure their children have opportunities to socialize while learning remotely or just social distancing?
3: So as far as learning remotely, I learned maybe within the second week of remote learning to act like you're going to to traditional school. Mm. You get up and you follow your same morning routine, go through the day just like your child would usually go through the day you have breakfast or just however you handle your morning. Yes. And then stay on track with the schedule that your school uses, your child's school uses for the day. And that really helped me out a lot. Um, it helped her out a lot because it kept her with a familiarized schedule. As far as social distancing, I would say be the example. My daughter did return to traditional school this fall. On the first day of school, I sent her to school with a mask, but I did explain to her that she did not have to wear it all day. You know, it's already difficult enough for an adult to wear a mask all day, so I can only imagine how that is for a child. However, to my surprise, when I picked her up from school, she had her mask on. And yeah, I guess she's just become so accustomed to putting it on every time we go into a public place or seeing me put mine on. And it's kind of just routine for her now. That is a great
1: point about us being the model for our children and just being mindful that they are leaning on us to guide them through all of this. All right. Any other final tip, Annie, for helping uh, parents who would like to create some social interactions for their children?
2: Yeah. So we are a family that tries to limit screen time, but we've had to become more flexible knowing that the screen is where our kids are getting a bunch of their social interaction.
1: Yes, we've heard that same concern from many parents. In these circumstances, managing how your children are using technology and screen time becomes like the other points that you've made. You make decisions based on the situation, what's healthiest for your child, and the information available.
0: Well we certainly thank both Annie and Tara for their words of wisdom. Any final thoughts about helping children maintain social connections during this time after hearing from our guest Erica, I
1: appreciate what both Annie and Tara said about connecting with consistent groups of people to give their children that outlet. That makes a lot of sense for right now and most families are still being pretty cautious so that's a tip many listeners can feel good about. I also think the use of technology for social interactions with family and friends is an excellent idea, especially the tip about not just FaceTiming, but playing games virtually. And the last thing I think we should say is to trust your instincts. We just heard from two parents with two different situations, and they are both making careful and thoughtful decisions to keep their families safe and to help their children make and maintain friendships while learning remotely and social distancing.
0: Such a great discussion. And guys, if you're new to our podcast, we want to invite you to connect with us. Email us your question at schoolhouse at and it might be featured on a future episode. That's schoolhouse at S T U D E R E D U C A T I O N.com. Share this episode with a parent friend and be sure to subscribe to the Schoolhouse podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next time at the Schoolhouse.